Well, it's good to see all of you. Um, grab your Bibles and we'll be turning to a passage here in just a few minutes. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter. And so you can begin heading in that direction. Let me just tell you while you're doing that, though, that um, today is week three of the relationship series that we've been doing. And so this morning, um, I want to draw your attention to two important ideas where relationships are concerned. So we're going to get right that, uh, right toward that in, in just a minute. So we're going to be talking about two different ideas that are important where relationships are concerned. I want to kind of show you my aim, though, where I'm, what I'm aiming for this morning. With our first idea or the point that we're going to talk about, I'm really aiming at students. So if you're a student in the house, if you're a younger person, um, then this, this first point is, is really aimed at you. Of course, it affects all of us and we all ought to pay attention, but we're specifically saying, aiming there. And the second point I really want to, uh, this morning we really want to minister to families. So the second point I have, we're going to kind of aim that at marriages and even relationships between parents and children. So that's where we're heading. Let's pray. You ready? Lord, we love you. We love your word. We ask that your word would impact us this morning, would renew our mind, would build our faith, would sanctify us. Let all that your word is intended to do be done in us today as we yield ourselves to your voice in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. First Corinthians 6 chapter, beginning in verse 14. Let's read this as the text for our first point. Paul writing here, he says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For you are the temple of the living God. That's a powerful statement. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourself from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will come to you and I will be your father. You will be my sons and daughter, says the Lord Almighty. First point I want to make, these are ideas that are important where relationships are concerned. I want to say this to you. Who you're in relationship with is very important. It's the reason I'm aiming this at students today because, you know, especially when we're younger, our friendships are such a, a vital part of our life and we're so drawn toward friendships. And that's a great thing. God designed it that way. But I want to encourage you to be careful who you're friends with. Paul writes here, and actually, if, you're, if you read this passage in the King James Version, the way he states it is to not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Now, yoked is an agricultural term. I think we've all seen the depiction of a couple of oxen standing side by side with the yoke across their neck. It's a big, it's a big wooden board that binds them together. And the idea is this, that when you are in a yoke with another person, you two are heading in the same direction. It may not be the direction you want to head in. There may be some struggle. There may be some pain. But the bottom line is you two are going in the same direction. And he says to us here as believers that we are to not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So I say to you students, choose your friends carefully. I say to those of us who are grown up because we're still in relationships that we need to choose our friendships carefully. The Bible says in second Corinthians chapter 15, it says that, that, um, that, that our, our good morals can be corrupted by bad company. Bad company can corrupt, can corrupt our good morals or our good character. So we need to be important. The first idea that, that, that I want to bring to your attention is that we need to be intentional, not important. We need to be intentional about the friends that we have. And I say it this way, you know, uh, especially where crowds are concerned. Have you ever noticed that in every crowd you've ever been in, there's a, there's a current in a crowd, and I always bring this to your attention first. If you go down 
to Cowboys on Saturday night, there's a current in that crowd. It's headed somewhere. That crowd, that group is headed somewhere. And, but, but even in, in individual relationships, sometimes when I'm in, in relationships with another person, there's a current in that relationship. But the idea is that we want to be in a current that is beneficial to us. So there's a current down at Cowboys. You probably don't want to be in that current. Some of you are like, oh, every Saturday night I'm in the current, neck deep. <laughs> Get out of the current. But there's a current in every crowd, right? And so Paul is saying, hey, make sure that you're, you're getting in the right current where relationships are concerned. I want to say to you that in this very room, there's a current. There's a current in the church. And you know, some skeptics or people who are judgmental toward the church would say, but you know what? The church is full of hypocrites. And to that, I would say, amen. The church is full of infallible, or no, fallible, not infallible. Full of fallible, imperfect. That's where I was going. Bunch of imperfect people. There's not one of us in this room that has it all figured out. We're, we're all a work in progress, right? And so if somebody comes here looking for, for, for imperfect people, they're going to be excited, Right? So we're imperfect, but there's a current in the body of Christ. There's a current at Cowboys. There's a current in, in the body of Christ. My question to you is which current is bringing you where you want to go? Church, engage in the body of Christ. There's a current there. Every, to you students, every Wednesday night here on this campus, there's a current of, of students moving toward God in the LP, which is our youth ministry. If you're looking for friends, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Don't partner with the world. Find some Christian kids to partner with. Are they going to be imperfect? Absolutely. It doesn't matter. Engage in it. Every Sunday morning in that building across the parking lot in our children's ministry called Kidmo, there's a current moving through that, that building. Parents, get your students to the church because there's a current there. Don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Let's not partner our lives with unbelievers if we're trying to move toward God because their bad company will corrupt our good morals. And I want to encourage you this as well, as long as we're talking about church. You know, if you walk up to a river and just kind of stick your toes in the river, there's, that current's not going to affect you much. And some of us with our church involvement, we just got our toes hanging over the bank. Church, don't stand on the bank. Jump in. Jump in and let the current. Take advantage of all that the body of Christ has to offer you. Yoke up with the right people. Now, every time we talk about this subject, um, you know, obviously it comes up that, you know, well, Jody, doesn't, doesn't the Bible say that Jesus hung out with sinners? And to that, I would say, yes. We can see that, you know, in the Bible that Jesus was often in places among sinners. And so people say, well, then we shouldn't separate ourselves from the world. I would say this, if, if, if you have that concern, I would say this. I think if we were all honest with ourselves, we know that Jesus did not yoke himself up with the world. He yoked himself with 12 other men like him. And he did life with those people, with people who would help him fulfill his purpose and help him honor God. Did he go visit the sinners? Absolutely. And we should too. Did he love on them? Did he reach out to them? Absolutely. Not talking about shunning people, not talking about shutting the doors of our churches and say, we're just going to hang out with people like us. No, go into the, all the world and be salt, be light. Listen, you know where light is needed most? In the darkness, go be light somewhere. But this is different. Talking about the people who are tribe. Don't, don't set yourself up with a tribe of people who don't have the same direction in mind that you did. 
So my first point is this, we're, we're talking about important ideas where relationships are concerned. Make sure you're in relationship with the right people. The next point, like I said, I wanna aim more, it, it, of course it relates to us all, but I really wanna talk about marriage and I wanna talk about the parent-child relationship. So here's my second, my second point. It's this, do you know where you are trying to go? Do you know what you're trying to accomplish in their life? Do you know what you're aiming at? Because you know, it's possible to be in relationship with the right person, but not you two haven't decided on the direction, on, on the goal that you're aiming at. The book of Amos, it's a little minor prophet in the Old Testament. The book of Amos in the third chapter, the third verse says this, how can two walk together or can, can two walk together unless they've decided or agreed on a direction? So sometimes we're in relationship with the right person, but we haven't agreed on the direction in which we're heading. By the way, just a little side note, when it says, when I say the right person, I just want you to know if you're married, your spouse is the right person. I'm not saying change people. And if you have kids, those are the right people. You can't trade them in for new ones, right? So if you got kids, those are your kids. It's your fault. But the question I have is, is, you know, and I deal with this all the time, especially where marriage counseling is concerned, is that, that people really haven't decided on where they're heading long-term. You know, one of my favorite books in the world, it's not even a Christian book, but it's full of Christian principles. And I read it probably 25 years ago and it's really impacted my life. And it's a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Have you guys ever read that book? It's an amazing book written by Stephen Covey. Love that book. So he gives seven different habits that highly effective people have. His second habit in this book is this, is that we need to begin with the end in mind. Begin with the end in mind. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna bring you to where, I'm, to, where, to where we're going. So begin with the end in mind. Um, one of my favorite quotes in the world, if you've been around me long, you know that one of my favorite quotes in the world is, is this, all conflict comes from unmet expectations. And what I deal with all the time in marriage counseling is, is you have a, a couple that come in and a few years into their marriage, what, they, what they've figured out is, is they never really nailed down where they were heading, what they were about, what their priorities were, what their values were. They just kind of assumed that they both wanted the same thing. But all conflict comes from unmet expectation. They didn't begin with the end in mind. How can two walk together unless they've agreed on where they're heading? So you have two people who, and, and you know, one of them just assumed their, their idea was we're going to be, we're going to be God fearing people. And, and the other one, their expectation may have been, eh, God, the world really hadn't decided yet. And all of a sudden they yoked themselves together and we got conflict because all of a sudden one spouse is going, wait, why, why aren't we going to church? Why aren't we reading the Bible? Why aren't we prioritizing the things of God? Why aren't we doing this? And the other one's going, no, 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 I'm not interested in that. And next thing you know, we have conflict because they never really determined where they were heading from the beginning. And so I wanna encourage you in your relationships, first of all, get in relationship with the right person, but next in your marriage and even with your children, decide what you're aiming at. Another quote I love is, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time, right? So nail down what you're about. And, you know, sometimes I, I get to counsel parents and, and, you know, they'll come in and they're having problems with their children and, and they kind of, you know, we talk about the latest drama, like what, what happened this week, you know, and they're responding to this drama and, and you know, their world is, is on, on the current drama. But what I like to do is say, hey, let's put that side for, aside for a second. Tell me what you want for your children. And they go, what I want? I said, tell me, tell me the vision, tell me the end, tell me what we're aiming at with our children. And I've literally had parents stand there with blank faces going, I never thought about it. I want to say to you, parents, 
Begin with the end in mind with your children. Set a course, set a direction, aim at something. And, 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 and that way it, we'll know when we're successful, we'll, we'll know when we're failing, but aim at something. I know when, when I was raising, Laurie and I were raising our children, what we wanted, here's what we wanted. It's that I want to raise, I mean, right now I've, I've got a 14 year old boy with raging hormones and no sense. I'm not going to tell you which one of my two sons that was, but all right. I mean, I just got this kid and I'm trying to deal with what's going on right now. But what do I want ultimately? What, what I want to do is I want to raise an adult who loves Jesus more than anything else. I want to raise an adult who's going to choose a godly spouse. I want to raise an adult who when they have children, they're going to, they're going to continue the, the legacy of faith that's been established in their life. I want to raise children who are responsible and have good careers and provide well for their families. I want to raise adults who, are, who, who, who actually um, uh, add, add value to the community and to, to society. You see how I'm beginning with the end in mind? It's I've got a picture I'm aiming at down there. Now, I have this drama happening today, and if I'm not careful, I'll spend my life in the drama. Don't, don't get sucked into the drama. Where is this thing headed? Begin with the end in mind. What do you want for your children? What do you want for your marriage? Describe for me the marriage of your dreams. For me and Lori, the, 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 the dream was we want a marriage that honors God. I want to love my wife because of Jesus. It's my service to him. It's not, even, it's not even about her. It's about Jesus. It's about me honoring my wife the way that Jesus told me to. And she wanted to honor her husband in the way that Jesus, it was about Jesus. So we wanted a marriage that honored God. Hey, we wanted a drama-free marriage, right? We wanted a house marked by peace. We, we value certain things, you know, so what we did was we, we, we had a plan, a vision for our marriage. Begin with the end in mind. So let me just kind of walk you through. I want to give you a couple of how-tos on, uh, if we're going to begin with the, with the end in mind on our relationships, I want to give you a couple of how-tos. Um, first of all, when you begin with the end in mind, I encourage you to get detailed. Now, I have up here, if you'll see, that this is a set of blueprints for the house that Jody and Lori LaFleur are about to build, right? Yes. So if you're a plumber or an electrician, or we could use you. We're signing up for this today. So a few years back, you know, Lori and I decided we were gonna build a house. So, you know, we didn't run down to Stein's and start grabbing two by fours. You know what we did? We drew a blueprint. And it actually took about a year for us to draw these blueprints. She and I would sit down together and we would have discussions beginning with the end in mind. Like we have to define what we're aiming at. And what we found is the more detailed we can get on these blueprints, the easier the process will be. Imagine if, if, if I were to go to Lori and say, Lori, baby, you've been talking about this new house. I want to build you a house. Tell me what you want. And she would say, I want a three bedroom, two bath house. Got it. Run down to Stein's, grab some nails, hammers, building a three bedroom, two bath house. Well, how many of you know that that's way too vague to build a house? Conflict is coming. Because all conflict comes from unmet expectations. So what we did is we, we couldn't be that vague, right? We, we sat down and we said, okay, this window, where do we want this window? How do we want the house to flow? What's important to you? What do we want? And, and we sat down for a year, multiple times throughout the year. We sat down and, and as you can see, we got, we got really detailed on this thing. The more we talked, the more we came together because we were beginning with the end in mind. And it was funny because in one of those conversations, I said, baby, where the house is concerned, tell me what's important to you. She said, Jody, you know, I'm not very bougie and my wife's not bougie. Thank God for non-bougie women. Hallelujah. She said, I'm not very bougie. She said, but there's one thing that's really important to me. She said, I want a big closet in the master bedroom. 
All right. Can we hear an amen from all the women in the house? So I don't want a big closet in the master bedroom. Now, listen, what I could have done was said, got it. I'm going to build you a big closet. Now, how many of you know there would have been conflict there? Because to me, why would you need anything bigger than a six by six closet? Six by six is a big closet to Jody, but I guarantee you six by six ain't a big closet to Lori. Right? So when she said, I want a big closet, I said, okay, well define big closet for me. Let's bring a little more. Let's make sure we're absolutely clear what we're aiming at. Beginning with the end in mind. How can two walk together unless there be an agreement? You with me? So I said, tell me what a big closet is. She said, I have no idea. And so then you're like, well, how do I do this then? How do I make you happy? How do I meet your expectations if you can't define it? I said, I got an idea. We started going to visit our friends. Telling you every house we were in, like, hey, good dinner. You mind if we take a look at your master bathroom closet? And they're like, what? And then the wife runs in there and starts scrambling, putting up shoes, you know, and all those things we did. And we would literally walk into our friend's closet, you know, and she'd walk in and I'd look at her. I'm like, she's like, okay, now, now I know this isn't a big closet. And we did that several times until we finally walked into a closet and I saw her like, I think this is a big closet. And I'm like, good. So you know what, Jody, because I'm smart, I kept a a, a tape measure in my truck. I ran out to the truck, grabbed the tape measure. Lori says this is a big closet. Now I measured it. According to Lori's thinking, big closet equals X by X. You see what I'm saying? So you see what I did is, is we begin with the end in mind, but you have to get detailed. Your vision for your children can't be, I hope they don't die before they turn 18. That's too broad. Right? Our, our vision for our marriage is I want us to love each other. That, that's too broad. No, no, no. You got to get detailed. Get in the details. But because we walk through every detail of this house, I can put this in the hands of a contractor. She and I can leave and go on vacation for six or eight months, come back, and the house we were aiming for is built. It's because we did the hard work of, of drawing the blueprint in your relationship, church, first of all, get in relationship with the right people, but especially where your marriage and with your children, draw a blueprint for them. Sit down with your children and go, let me tell you what mom and dad want for you. Here's what I'm aiming at for your life. I know we have a lot going on. I know the world's screaming at us, but from my heart, this is what I want for you, son. This is where we're aiming at. So, First thing, draw the blueprint, get really detailed. The second tip I have for you along this, uh, this thought line is that after we have the, the blueprint drawn, then we're gonna, you know, as we're traveling toward the expected end, what we're aiming at, there's gonna be decisions to be made all along the way, right? Life's gonna happen. My, my intent is for these young people that I'm raising to be these kind of adults. We've drawn the blueprint. We know what we're aiming at. But now they're, they're, they're six. And, and what I'm aiming at is when they're 30. So there's a lot of road to be had, a lot of decisions to be made in between where we are now and, and the accomplishment of our goal. So what you have to do is, like, how do we make these decisions? Here's the key. You make decisions based on what you're aiming at. You make decisions based on what you're aiming at. Now, let me give you another analogy. I use the blueprint analogy. Let me show you another one. Um, imagine that you and I were to take a road trip. Imagine if, if, I, if I went to one of you today and say, hey, would you like to take a trip with me? Because I'm such a fantastic guy and drive so well, I'm sure you'd say, love to, love to. Right? So imagine if I were to go to you and say, hey, let's take a trip together. Right? Well, you know, if, if we walked out of this building and got in my truck, by the time we got to this driveway over here, there would be a chance for conflict because we haven't gotten detailed enough. All we've said is take a trip. 
And to you, a trip is west. To me, a trip is east. I turn east. We have conflict because we've kept it too broad. Tracking with me? Okay. So we got to draw the blueprint. We got to get detailed. So imagine though, if I were to take it a step further and said, you know what? Would you like to take a road trip with me to Texas? Well, now we're getting closer. It's a little more detailed, right? So we know when we hit the end of the driveway, there's a decision to be made, but based on where we're aiming, which way do we turn? We turn to the West, right? However, in about 20 minutes going West, there's going to be another decision because Texas is a big place, right? I mean, do we go halfway up the river over the, you know, the bridge over the river Sabine and put it in park and say, we have arrived? <laughs> oh, Texas is a big place, right? So we got to get detailed. Where are we going in Texas, right? So imagine if I were to say to you one step further, hey, would you like to take a trip with me to the Bass Pro Shop in Katy, Texas? Now we got it nailed down. You see what I'm doing? This is specific now. I know exactly what I'm aiming at. So we, we're really well-defined. I'm talking about marriages and I'm talking about relationships between parents and children. But I've drawn the blueprint. We've gotten detailed. It's the Bass Pro Shop in Katy, Texas is where I'm aiming. So we jump in the truck and we start, we start heading that way. But along the way, there's going to be turns. There's going to be stop signs with different options. There's going to be red lights. There's going to be exits on and off of the interstate. In other words, there's a lot of decisions to be made between here and the Bass Pro Shop in Katy, Texas. But what is my driving force? My driving force is I've got the end in mind. So the decisions are all filtered toward through the, the idea of, is this bringing me to my desired end? Now listen to me, you parents, there's a lot of decisions to be made raising kids. Your kids are going to come to you, you know, you're going to see them migrating toward this friend with the idea of, you know, should I allow them to be in friendship with this person? Well, is that person bringing you, bringing your child toward the end that you've decided on? See what I'm doing here? Mom, can I watch this TV show that everybody's watching? Is that TV show going to get you to where we're aiming? Or is it going to bring you away from it? Let me know you're with me. There's a million decisions to be made as parents. But you know, sometimes because we as parents, we haven't really defined the, the end, what we're aiming at. Our, our kids come to us and they ask us a question and we give them an answer, but they feel like it's just arbitrary. They feel like, well, mom said no, just because she's like saying no. Mom said no, just because, no, no, no. It, what we do, if I sit down with my, with my child and say, this is what I'm aiming for with you. We are, my, my goal is to raise you as a God-fearing, God-honoring person. This TV show is filth. It's, it, will, it will, you know, deteriorate your mind. It will, it, that's not bringing we, where we want. So it's a no-brainer now. We don't watch the TV show. I know it, you know it, all God's children know that TV show is not going to help them get to where they're trying to go. Pastor Jody, my six-year-old wants an iPhone. Is that going to help your six-year-old get to where we're trying to go? Now, you know, I've got one child who was pretty, you know, what's the word? Almost said conniving. That's not it. But, you know, I got one child who would have said, you know, dad, an iPhone, I could, I could put the, I could put the Bible app on my iPhone. <laughs> you know, that would have been that one. And I'm like, really? Well, what about the other 14 million wrong things on your iPhone that you'd have access to? I just want you to know, when I was a kid, we had to work to get in trouble. I mean, we had to go search for it. Your kids, man, we, they just carry it around in their pocket now. I'm glad I'm not raising kids right now. God bless you, those of you who are. But you see what I'm saying is, is when, when I've defined that end, what I'm aiming at, 
then, then I know when I, you know, if, if we're aiming at the Bass Pro Shop in Katy, Texas, when we get to Beaumont and the highway splits right there where you can go north on 69 or stay west on I-10, it's not, I, I know the decision because I have in mind what I'm aiming at. I'm not sure I'm landing with you guys today. I'm really reaching for you. Understand what I'm saying? So get in, get in the right relationships, but then also decide where you're wanting to go in your, in your, in your personal life. Decide what kind of person you want to be. What are you aiming at? Then get friends who help you go there. Again, if I want to be, if, if my goal as an individual is to be a good God-fearing, God-loving people, then I need to come to victory. I don't need to be at Cowboys. I mean, I just, it's, an, it's a no-brainer because I know what I'm aiming at with my children, with my grandchildren, with any, any relationship we have. Begin with the end in mind. Draw the blueprint for what you're aiming at so that we won't aim at nothing and hit it every time. If that's meant something to you, would you just reassure me, let me know if any of this makes sense to you. Last thing I want to say on this, on this thought is this book of Proverbs in the 29th chapter, the 18th verse says, says where there is no vision, the people perish. Develop a vision for your life. And you know what that word perish, I remember reading that as a kid. I thought, I thought it read this way, where there's no vision, people die. Well, doesn't, the word perish there doesn't mean to die. There's actually two meanings for the word perish here. One is the word wander. With no vision, people wander. If I say to you, let's get on a, let's take a road trip together. Well, we just get in the truck and left, right, north, south, don't matter, right? So where there's no, no vision, the people wander. It also means to run wild or to cast off restraint. Some of you, your children are running wild because you didn't have a vision that was different for them. What do you want your kids to be? And then the, the decisions, the activities we do, the priorities we have as a family, the music we listen to, the shows that we watch, the people that we hang out with. If we begin with the end in mind, it helps us know what to do. So anyway, that's what I wanted to share with you this morning. But I want to do one more thing before we finish up. We're doing really well on our time this morning. Is um, Because we've been talking about families, because we've been talking about students uh, so much here this morning, I wanted to give you an opportunity to hear from, from Pastor Felix about something that's going to be happening in the month of April here at our church. And it may help you where these two things are concerned. So let's bring out Pastor Felix, right? Love this guy. So Pastor Felix, um, I've heard that in the month of April that you guys are going to be taking a trip. Tell me where you're going and what are the details there? Yeah, so April 18th through the 22nd, uh, we, that is spring break, uh, we will be taking students to Camp Eagle in Rock Springs, Texas. It's about two hours. Yeah, it's about two hours west of San Antonio. Um, and that, that trip, it's, it's right after Easter, so... Students will show up here Monday morning. We'll head out and come back Friday afternoon and with all the stories. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so Camp Eagle, we're very familiar with that, but the others aren't. So tell, what kind of activities and stuff could they expect if they go to Camp Eagle? Yeah, so this area and where Camp Eagle's at, it's the hill country of Texas. So the, it's, it's a beautiful landscape, all the hills, rolling hills and, and rocky uh, areas and ri clear rivers, uh, stuff we're not used to seeing here in Louisiana. But um, but in this area, besides the beauty of where it's located, there's also things like rappelling and rock climbing. Uh, they have this thing called the super swing, which if you want all fear that you ever had in your life out of you, this will do it. Um, you know, they have all kinds of things from uh, this, these things called AeroTag. So you can assume what that is, AeroTag. And it, it's just a ton, of <laughs> it's a ton of stuff. But my favorite thing, if you didn't hear in the pre-show, is definitely the food because everything's kind of spread out. So you got to do a lot of hiking. So, you know, burn a lot of calories. Mm, so it's okay yeah. to, eat, you know, double dip in the chicken tenders and the rolls because right. you just burn all the calories. So yeah. those are a couple of my favorite things for sure. 
Okay, so those are the details, dates and everything. We know what, what we can expect, the activities, there's a lot of fun things to do. But here's why I really wanted him up here, is because Pastor Felix, tell us what Camp Eagle is really about. Tell us what you are aiming for. Remember, begin with the end in mind. Yeah. Tell us what you are really aiming for in this trip. Yeah, so specifically what I'm aiming for, I. I could tell you right off the bat, Camp Eagle has played a tremendous part in my life. Uh, I, I credit a lot to where I am right now to Camp Eagle uh, with all the, the friendships that were built and the, the challenges that helped push me to move uh, further. But even the discussions in the small group just really helped grow, um, just my, grow me in my faith and in my walk. Um, but two of the things that I'm really wanting to accomplish by bringing students out uh, to Camp Eagle is in the LP, we've taken on two directions that we believe the Lord is bringing us. The first one is what we've been preaching on um, last month with faith and expectancy. We believe that the LP is not its own entity, so we are part of the church. So Good. students are, we are believing that there will be a culture of faith and expectancy in the Beautiful. LP. But the second direction is a culture of connection. So we push this on our students as far as we want every student that walks through the doors to feel an instant connection, regardless of their background, right. their social status. We want students to feel connected and for the LP students to take that on and carry that into their schools to where they are in school connecting, connecting with people. So two of the things uh, that Camp Eagle does to help with this is um, the first thing it does is it, it helps long lasting relationships and friendships. It creates bonds and how those bonds are created is, I don't know if you guys have ever been in a situation where there's conflict or there's a challenge and you're pretty nervous and scared. There's been a couple times I've been on some of the rocks rappelling out there and I needed some encouragement and some love and the people that I were with, they were encouraging me. And by the time I got down, those were my those are my guys. Wow. Like we, we created a bond off of conflict, Beautiful. which is not common, but that you create those bonds, but even just through shared experiences too. Like when students get back from camp, there's going to be a unique bond between every student. I mean, they're going to be spending eight hours in a van. So, you know, so that's the first thing, but, you know, in a room together. So they're going to be with each other the whole time. What I love about Camp Eagle in this time is our spring break is different than Texas's. So we will literally be the only youth group on campus and we can shape and mold this thing however we want it to look. So um, that's the first thing we wanna, wanna accomplish on this trip is create some friendships. The, the second thing is, you know, whenever you get into a place where there is no distractions, the Lord can really move right. in a place where there's no distractions. Once you filter out the noise of, of daily life and get out of your daily routine, you can really begin to hear the voice of God. Beautiful. And what we want to do is expose students to just clear thinking. Uh, this may scare some of the parents, but trust me on this. When they, about 30 minutes before we get to Camp Eagle, cell service is gone. Mm, Jesus. So there is Wi-Fi, <laughs> there is Wi-Fi, so you can contact your student and stuff, but cell service is gone. So there's no way for them to be distracted with phones or anything. It's, it's you and the people you're with. So that allows for time for uh, encounters with the Lord. Right. You know, once you get into that beautiful scene, really begin to see what the Lord created. That's what happened with me. I saw, oh my gosh, a hill. I thought it was a mountain, mm. just like Lyric thought to. I thought it was a mountain. I was like geez, like the Lord created this and I began wow. to encounter the Lord in, in ways I've never encountered before. Beautiful. So the reason we're tying this in is because what we've said here this morning, especially toward our students, it's important that you're yoked with the right people. Well, 
Camp Eagle and the LP ministry is a great opportunity for you to get in relationships with the right people. Second thing we said is begin with the end in mind. If you have a vision for your children to know and love the Lord, we know that that camp environment is conducive to people really having an encounter with the Lord. So I encourage you, if you're here and you have students, sending people, sending your students to Camp Eagle, I'm sure will be a tremendous blessing. So thank you for offering that. Hey, a couple other things while he's still up here. Yeah, let's give him a hand. I appreciate Pastor Felix and all the work. If you just stick with me just a couple more minutes, I want to, we, we want as a, as a church, I want to do a couple more things. Uh, speaking of students and, and our involvement with students and ministering to students, we've been hearing from some of the educators in our body of the challenges that are facing educators and students in our schools today. There's some unique challenges going on in culture. And, and we have educators here who we know and love, and they love the Lord and they love your children, and they're calling out going, we are facing some tough things. I just want to say to you, if you're an educator in here today, that we are praying for you and we want to partner with you. And so what I want to do at the end of the service, I'm going to, I would love to have an opportunity, all of us to pray for the educators um, in, in this room. But I want to say to you, educators, we're here with you. And there's some certain things we're doing as an organization. And, and Pastor Felix will share that in a minute. But I want to encourage you parents, partner with the people who are educating your children. I know uh, Principal Poole was telling us, you know, they need, they need people to, you know, you can make that drive around sulfur around Sulphur High School, that little drive. He needs people driving and praying and driving and praying and a Jericho moment, you know, where you're just driving around praying. There may, you may be able to sign up to be a substitute teacher and go in there and have an impact on those children. We know that at LCA, there's opportunities to, to uh, volunteer and help partner with them. Don't just send your children out the door and say, good luck with that. No, we want to partner with them. And we're going to pray for them here in just a minute. But Felix, would you take a minute and just share what we are currently doing as an organization to partner with these schools and with these educators? Yeah, for sure. Uh, before that, I also want to say to our educators and parents that um, educators, y'all have what, like eight hours with them during the students, with the students today. Students, uh, parents, y'all have the other hours. And then us as the LP, we got about an hour and a half on Wednesday. Uh, so our heart in the LP is completely to partner with you guys and help resource you guys and just be there for you guys. So uh, a couple of the things that we are doing as the LP to just partner with you on this uh, um, I had to make a list, and I didn't realize how long the list was until I started writing it out. But um, but we want you guys to know that we are supporting not only y'all, but even want to be support for the students. And the, one of the things that we are doing is three of our pastors on staff are currently involved in three schools from in the Sulphur and Lake Charles area. So we are in their schools as as go teach a leadership class. Yeah, they go we teach we teach leadership own. classes and we do chat run chaplains. We do chapel, we lead worship. So we send our staff into these schools to do yeah. that. So I, I so appreciate our staff for being willing to go out into oh, yeah. these schools and do this. Another thing that uh, I'm currently working on is with our coaches at Sulphur High, I'm trying to gain influence with them. So I'm spending time through, you know, conversation and text, building influence so that we can officially kick off FCA next year uh, in, in Sulphur High. Um, another thing we're doing is uh, Mr. Poole came to us a couple weeks ago and, and just expressed what was going on and asked if we could come so um, every Tuesday at lunch at Sulphur High, uh, Lyric and I are in the courtyard hanging out with students, um, just being a presence there and hanging out with teachers. So we're doing that. We also, uh, I am the football, the Sulphur High football chaplain. We do the football breakfast every year. A couple of y'all were part of, part of that. Um, we had one of y'all make some cinnamon rolls that were popping. But uh, <laughs> Imagine making cinnamon rolls for a high school football team. Oh, Jeez. yeah. I was glad they That's were little. service to the Lord. They were right like there. little, like... so it was like a ton of them. So I was like, thank God. Um, but we, we do all of that. But all of these things stem uh, from the hub, which is our 
Wednesday night in the LP. Wednesday night at the LP is the hub for all of this. This is something that's every week um, that we encourage students uh, to be a part of. And like you were mentioning about the current, um, one of the ways that we are keeping the current in the LP just flowing is we started a student leadership group. So it's about 12, 13 high school students that meet before service and we have discussions on things going on in school, things from the Bible. I'm teaching them uh, leadership stuff from the 21 laws of influence, the, the leadership books and stuff. So uh, we're trying to instill things in them to help them be, uh, set the current of where we're going and everything. So uh, that that's one of the biggest things that I believe is is completely changing everything we're doing, you know, in the LP. But that is, that's our heart. That's, we want to connect with you guys and partner with you guys uh, to make sure that ours, we all want the same thing for our students. We want them to succeed in whatever it is your blueprint is for their life. So we want to do everything we can to help create the moments and set the moments that they can look back on and be like, man, that was a monumental part of my, my walk in my, in my life. So beautiful. Great. Well, we just wanted to share. Isn't that great? Yeah. Don't we appreciate them. We just wanted you to know that, that we're aware of what's happening and we are currently doing things as an organization to make sure we're contributing. I want to encourage you, if, if you have a student that is the LP age, then you need to get to LP on Wednesday nights. That'll be a great place for them to, to bond. Anyway, here's how I want to uh, conclude our time today. Uh, again, we want, to, we want to pray for and partner with the educators in the room. And so can I ask, if, if you are an educator, would you please be so bold? If you're on any kind of school staff, I know LCA has a lot of different staff, that come to church here. If you are on any kind of school staff, would you be so bold as to stand up real quick so that we can pray with you? Beautiful. Look, these are the men and women serving our children. Beautiful. Church, can we pray for them? Here's how I'd like to do it. Now that they're standing up, if you're close to them and you would like to put a hand on their shoulder and pray with them, would you just get out of your seat and move toward one of these educators? Let's just make sure that everybody's got somebody standing with them, praying with them, partnering with them. And let's pray, you ready? Lord, we come before you not as Victory Worship Center, but as the body of Christ, as your ambassadors. And Lord, we lift up these men and women who are in the trenches educating our children. Father, I pray for wisdom, supernatural wisdom beyond their age, skill set, education. Give them supernatural wisdom, Lord. I thank you for an anointing on these children, on these educators, Lord God. An anointing. I thank you for the spirit of discernment. I thank you for words of wisdom, for the gifts of the spirit moving, Lord. I thank you that you are giving the grace and the skill set, Lord, to meet these needs. Now as the church, come on church, pray this with me. The, Jesus, the, the word was that Jesus was going to build up a church and the gates of hell were not going to prevail against it. So as the church, we stand up and say, enemy, you cannot have our children. You cannot have our schools. We raise up a banner over our schools and we say the enemy can't have our children. You can't bring destructions. We rebuke any evil spirit that would try to, to try to permeate with trouble and drama and, and Lord, Lord, the spirit of suicide and the spirit of wickedness, Lord God. We rebuke it in Jesus' name and we thank you, Lord, that in the city of Sulphur, students are going to know you and love you in Jesus' name, and everybody who's passionate about that with me, say amen, and let's just give the Lord a big shout of praise. All right, come on, love on these men and women. We're not leaving yet, though. I'm going to do a couple other things. Nobody moving around yet. All right, you may be seated. Next thing again, if I could ask somebody, some of you to be real bold. If you are a student, if you are currently in school and in the university, college on down, if you're a student, would you please stand up and let us pray for you? Come on, Trey. You got this, brother. Come on, if you're a student. Don't we love them, church? Don't we love these students? Now, come on. Some of you, some of you other people gather around them and let's pray for these students. 
Come on, let them feel you, church. Let them feel you, that they got a family around them. They have a body around them. Lay hands on them. All right, let's pray, Lord. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you that these children are marked for your kingdom. You can't have our kids, devil. We just say that you can't have them that our children are taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of our children. We thank you, Lord, that as we've trained them up in the ways of the Lord, that they'll not depart from it, Lord. I thank you that these children, even in a dark hour, they are gonna shine with the light of the gospel, Lord, that you are gonna bring forth goodness and good works and good destinies, Lord, out of these, these young students, Lord. I thank you. I pray a hedge of protection around them, Lord. A hedge of protection. Mark them for your kingdom. Father, I pray that you would encounter them in deep ways, Lord. Lord, that they wouldn't just know church or religion, but they would know you. I pray that you would encounter these young men and young women in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right, you be seated real quick, real quick. I'm gonna do one more thing, then I'm gonna let you go, I promise. You can keep it. Last thing I wanna do is I wanna pray for parents. If you're a parent raising kids right now, you need prayer, amen? If you're a, par a parent and you would like for us to pray for, would you just stand up right now? Come on, parents, stand up. Maybe you're a grandparent and you've got, you're, you're just, you wanna be all in, you, you're a grandparent, you, you just wanna be involved in this thing. All right, if you've got your spouse next to you there, come on, grab hold of one another. And let's just, let's just pray a prayer of determination that we're going to raise godly kids. Come on, you, tell, you begin to tell the enemy that he's not having my kids. He's not having my kids. Lord, we come before you as parents right now. We're parenting in an hour that's got a lot of challenges, Lord. Culture's reaching for our kids, Lord. This is, this is not an easy task. But Lord, I thank you for your grace, Lord, the ability, the strength, the anointing, the wisdom, Lord, to raise godly children. I pray that you begin to motivate parents right now, Lord. Give them ideas beyond, again, their own skill set or their own knowledge, Lord. Lord, begin to equip these parents. Give them the right resources, the right friends, Father, who would encourage them and resource them to be the parents of a generation of faith, Lord. And once again, as parents, the authority in our home, we say, enemy, you cannot have our children. I just declare in Jesus' name, devil, you can't have my grandkids. I don't care what happens in the world. You can't have my grandkids. They are marked for the kingdom of God. Come on, begin to speak that over your children. They are marked for the kingdom of God. Lord, I thank you that they will be everything that you've called them to be. They will reach their full destiny in you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...